Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to another edition of the High School Football Podcast on 97 Through the Fan. And a big uh, thank you yet again to Todd Durkin for letting us use his wonderful studio here in Scripps Ranch. Um, you know, again, thanks for the hospitality, everything Todd has done to uh, help this uh, podcast keep going. And got another special guest with us. Top Dog's back. Welcome back, Top hey, Dog. TD, the other you. TD, if thank you will. You, thank you for having me. Big shout out to the other, from one TD to another TD, Todd. Thank you for, for allowing us to use your, your, be gracious enough to let us use your studio. Um, I'm looking around. All I see is uh, football iconic stuff from everybody from Ladanian Tomlinson <laughs> to Man, this is impressive in here, I just got to say. A lot of Drew Brees stuff. Yep. You know, obviously Todd, Todd from his quarterback playing days at yep. William & Mary yep. with the Tribe helmet behind us. Again, we're going to have to film the whole thing eventually, but at this point, uh, just, just you and I right now on the mic um, with the blue lights hanging around, which is kind of fun. So let's talk about uh, some of the games last week. Obviously, um, you know, so there were some surprises. There were some, you know, not necessarily surprises in terms of the overall, you know, um, you know, who won and who lost, but like the score. Right. Um, but let's start with the, uh, the game of the week last week, Carlsbad at modern day. It was the game of the week. Went to a couple of overtimes. Carlsbad wins it on a uh, left tackle uh, eligible play, which by the way, it's not just, you know, when I first saw the, the things on Twitter, it seemed like a lot of sour grapes on what happened in the play. I watched the play about four times. And every time I watched it, like, that's a false start. It's absolutely a false that's a, start. That's a hundred percent a false start. Absolutely. So, but it's high school football. We know everything about you know not having as many officials this year, so we can't you can't go out and blame the officials. But I, I don't know how you missed that call. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because nobody covered them anyway. But at the same point, um, Carlsbad needs a two point conversion to beat Modern Day in double overtime. Hard fought game, a game that I said last week on this podcast was winner go home for Modern Day if they want to be in the open and. You know, they still have a small glimmer of hope, I think, to win to, to make the open division, but they have to beat Lincoln. And if they don't beat Lincoln, they're out. It's yeah. over. Yeah. Well, I mean, talk about that small window. I mean, listen, they, they've had one of the hardest schedules in San Diego County. I mean, I don't know anybody who wants to start, you know, with two guys that went to the CIF Open Division champions in the last three years. Um, from a team that's going from D3 yeah, to D1. That's a huge leap. So, I mean, you know, kudos to John Joyner, Verlaine Batofe, and their staff for getting those guys, you know, up for these big games. Um, I mean, and they're knocking on the door. I mean, they're right there. You know, they proved it Friday night when they, when they battled Carlsbad. Um, you know, I was watching the game and they fell down early 21, nothing. I'm like, uh Oh, this could be a problem. Right. You know, then, um, the running back slash safety gets hurt. Uh, I think what's his name? Um, goodness gracious. He's going to kill me now. Anyway, he gets hurt. He goes out the game. Um, but the quarterback play, I got to say this. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Dominic Nankill 
in my opinion. Um, Dominic outplayed uh, the five-star quarterback over at Carlsbad, Julian Sayan. He showed me a lot um, on Friday night. The kid's got a lot of heart, and he almost single-handedly won that game with his legs, you know, making big play after big play after big play. You know, I've watched him play since he was in youth football, and the, the growth and maturity of the young man getting to this point, you know, he should definitely have more offers, and I think he's got a huge upswing. Well, that's that that's where he makes his money, you know, per se, is his legs. His ability, and not, not just to run, like just to get yards, but his ability to just continue rolling the pocket and buy time for his receivers to get open because it's already difficult to cover the wide receivers at modern day because they have a lot of athletes and they got really good wide receivers in that scheme that Verlaine runs. But at the same time, it's even more difficult to try to cover him for more than three seconds Yeah, because Nankill's running all over the place back there and still making plays with his arm when he runs. Because you, know, you see that in the NFL all the time, the, the knock on running quarterbacks, well, they don't know how to throw. But Nankill rolls and he, he's still looking to throw. It's not like he's looking to run every time he gets the ball. Um, and you saw that in their final touchdown to tie the game right before the end of regulation with eight seconds left. And yeah. same thing with the two-point conversion. A two-point conversion, he just kind of hucked and hoped that somebody was <laughs> going to catch it, which is kind of a, which kind of what, what that play was. It was very lucky in that sense. But, you know, he made his own luck. He made his own play. And, you know, it, it's tough when you're modern day because here's the thing. If you're modern day, you're upset that the CIF rankings is the way that determines the playoffs. Right. Because if Cal Prep still does it, you get credit for playing Cathedral, who, by the way, their rating went up after losing to Centennial 42-7. to well, It's Centennial. But, but they're played a team in Cathedral that's playing teams that are big out of town. They're going to get good power rating numbers. They're playing Carlsbad, who's got Inglewood this week, whose rating's going to go up just by playing Inglewood. But they don't get the same credit in the CIF well, ranking. So if you're modern day, why don't we you're on that? the outside looking in. Why don't we save that for the mailbag? Because I think we got a question on Twitter that asked that question about playing out of town teams. We have we have a mailbag on that. Plus, I have in front of me the um, if if the uh, the predictions for the season and who's going to be in the open and who's not. Yeah, it's and it's it's based on the Cal Preps predictions, and right. they they're pretty spot on most of yeah. the time. Yeah, let's move on to North County game of the week. I this one was surprising to me. Because I thought after seeing last week with the debut of Coach Carroll and Texler's back at San Marcos and it's one of the biggest schools in San Diego and you're thinking, and then they go out and they put up a ton of points on Rancho Bernardo. Oh, look, San Marcos might be coming back to the days when they had Kyle Phillips on their team. Remember right. those teams yep. that they've had? I mean, Troy they've Burgess, produced, Kyle yeah, Phillips, think about Rogers. all the NFL talent that they've yeah. had on that roster. Right. And so I thought, well, maybe they're coming back. And then Mira Mesa goes up there and, and beats them yeah. and flat just beats them. Uh, and, and Mira Mesa played a really good game. I thought that was surprising. Cal preps favored Mira Mesa by three. They won by seven. Yeah. So, I mean, just to go back to it, but you know, that, that to me was kind of surprising, but good win for, for Mira Mesa to bounce back after playing Helix week one. Yeah. There's a lot of a, a personal relationships that go there. Um, you know, the former head coach at Mira Mesa, Chris Thompson was really good friends with uh, Jason Texler. And right. so these programs are extremely familiar with one another. Um, and I thought, you know, coach Carol being there was great for the program. It might've been a little too early for everybody to say they're back. Right. I mean, I, I still see a lot of holes in that team. I don't quite think they're, they're what they were when Texler was the head coach. No, um, it's going to take time to build up to that point. But I'll say this, you know, Miramis is one of those teams that you can't overlook. Uh, they've got some really great guys on that squad. The quarterback's throwing the ball. Well, you got Chris Brown over there. They got some dudes. And if you don't pay attention to them and scheme and, and really get after them, 
Mirror Mesa is going to shock some teams this year. They're going to be good in their league for sure. I mean, you'll start looking, you break down the, the rest of their schedule and, you know, playing a team like Helix, like I, I'm always a component in playing at least one team that's out of your league that's going to make you tougher. It's going to make you better. You know, Cathedral does it with Centennial. You saw Torrey Pines doing it with, and some of the Avocado Leagues are doing it with San, with, San Clemente. With San Clemente. Yeah. Uh, Lincoln's going out and playing Bishop Alamany. They're playing uh, Capital Christian. And then they got St. Bonaventure coming up. I mean, they're going out of town. And now a lot of it has to do with the fact that a lot of the top teams in San Diego can't find games in San Diego anymore. But at the same time, it's making them all better. Eastlake played Apple Valley. Apple Valley is a, a big, they're a big physical football team. It's going to make Eastlake better in the long run. And so you start stacking up all these I, teams. I don't know if I agree with that one. I don't know if that's going to make Eastlake better in the long run. It's going to make them tougher. In the, it's <laughs> going to make, make them, them tougher. tougher in the long run. I don't run. know about better though. It makes, but that, that makes, that makes teams better. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying in theory. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on down right now at Eastlake. There's always there, stuff going on at Eastlake. Yeah. It's going to be, it's the, it's, it's the same stuff all the time. It's going to be a struggle. Um, I think for that program for a while. Yeah. They, they, they really can't get out of their own way down there. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's a shame for the kids because they've had a lot of big time talent roll through. And there. they should be, they should be the powerhouse of the They South should. Bay. I mean, they get every opportunity, every, you know, every break, if you will. Right. Um, you know, they get more money than the other school down there. So you would think that, you know, since they've got all the resources and they can go out and get whatever they want. It's the biggest school in the district that, you know, it'd be easy for East League to go out there. It's and the win, biggest but, head scratcher down there. It but is. it's been that way. I know, but it, it's... It, it seems like the only guy that ever had success there got fired twice there. He did get fired twice. So. But even even then, I mean, they had they had a lot of talent and still a lot couldn't of finish there. it. The I mean, they, right, there. they had a lot of guys. And they just... Yeah. So that's that's something that they're going to have to to do uh, to deal with in, in, in-house. But them playing Apple Valley is is better than them going out and playing, you know, Vincent Memorial. No disrespect to that. Mean, by the way, Vincent Memorial is going to have a good year based on my predictions. Okay. But we'll get to that. But but again, with Mira Mesa, I think I think Mira Mesa San Marcos. Um, I think it's a good matchup that they played against each other. And I think to go back and kind of circle in it, Mira Mesa playing Helix started off the season. I think it's a great way to start the season for Mira yeah. Mesa. Let's talk about Helix. Helix fared by twenty eight points. Uh, really beat up on Otai fifty two to nothing on a Thursday night. They improved to two and zero. Otai still trying to turn the program around with Brad Burton um, to get it back to where it was. Um, obviously, a lot of lot of issues in terms of you know roster and getting kids out to play and he's taken over a, a, a what was left as a mess um so it's going to be tough for otai but you know they're not afraid to play anybody they got madison and helix first two games of the year they got a bunch of other games coming up that are going to be tough too but you know helix rolled in a game i thought they would roll in and you know they're not the helix teams of the past where you're like oh my god who's ever going to be able to hang with these guys but they're right back on track and and going back to the saying of helix is helix well let me say this they went out, you know, there was obviously the head coaching change. You know, Robbie moved on. So there's a new head coach and there's a new offensive coordinator. The new offensive coordinator is the uh, head coach for the San Diego Strike Force. He's a spread guy. And so I went out to preseason games watched him. I watched him against Mira Mesa. You know, to your point, Helix has traditionally been known as a running team. They've always had that one they running back. It would look like they'd run a spread, but they'd still they'd shove run it the down ball, your throat. Whether it was Christian Washington or Nate but going back a few years, any Noah back, brothers, in, any of the Noah brothers, they've always had that. They that still one have one. Back. They still got one. Yeah. But the youngest Puka. is there. That's Puka. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Puka. That's my dude. But, um, no, when you see him line up five wide, um, and I think Jesse's got a great command of his offense. And I think the ceiling is really high for the kid. He's got a high football IQ. He's working with an offensive coordinator that, 
you know, it's played at really high levels and it's coached at really high levels. So some of the concepts they're running over there are really going to confuse the crap out of a lot of defenses in San Diego. Defensive coordinator is going to have a lot of trouble with it. Well, they also do a really good job of incorporating their tight ends. Yep. They flex them out right wide. They run some tray looks. They yep. put them in tight. They Helix has always been able to to use a wing too, which creates an extra uh, gap, which is hard to stop if you're yep. a defense and having to worry about and then shifting the different wings over to different sides. And all of a sudden you got different, um, you know, different gaps that you have to worry about. So they're, they're going to be a problem, but like, it's funny. It's everybody was talking about, it's like, Oh, well, I don't know if Helix is going to get the same guys and maybe Helix is dead, but they're off to a two and O start and they've won pretty effortlessly in their first two games. I'll say this, this ain't your daddy's Helix. (laughs) (laughs) Those days are gone. But one thing it didn't change is you're right. Helix is Helix. We got to take a quick break real quick uh, and do a little camera maintenance as well and, and, and dive into some other stuff. When we come back, we're going to talk Poway Eastlake, the Battle of the Titans, how great Poway is going to be. And we'll also talk about some other, other notable games. We'll also get you our top 10. Chris Smith, I'm Braden Soprano. This is the High School Football Podcast. We'll be back real quick. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I fixed the mics. All righty. Three... Two, one. All right, Chris, we uh, took a little bit of a break, had to kind of change some cameras around, which is fine. I wanted to talk about a couple of the last games here uh, before we move on. Poway beat Eastlake 14-6. Madison beat Steel Canyon 35-7. Poway is one of those teams now in D1. A lot of seniors on the team, a team that, you know, if they can run the table, might be knocking at the door at the, the open division just based on the way their schedule is and based on CIF rankings, Chris. They're a pretty good football team, but they're going to have to get through Ramona this week. Yeah, they're not being Ramona. I'm sorry. Ramona Bulldogs, like, I'll say it right now, I think the best team in D2. But, I mean, the coach up the hill, he's got those boys playing hard. I don't think Poway beats Ramona, and I don't think they're going to be favored. No. they got to get through the next two weeks, and after that, they're going to be favored in all of their games. It looks like it might be an 8-2 and two season for the Poway Titans. I don't think forward. that's enough to get into the open. It's not. Even if they run the table, they're like two points too short. Which is just close, but um, you know, it'd be interesting. They'd be very excited. I think they'd rather be the one seed or two seed in D one than play in the open. Well, no, it depends. I mean, if if a Helix lands in in D one, do you want to be a one or a two seed if you got to face Helix? I mean, you're gonna have to play one of those six teams anyway. I mean, Modern Day could be there. Lincoln could be there. If you want to win a D one championship, you're gonna have to play two of the top six teams. Yeah. I mean, I so it's gonna, be, it's gonna be tough for Poway. Now, the one upside on Poway that I've seen is uh, in the secondary, Jonathan Butler. He's got four picks in two games. You know, he keeps this up. He's going to break the, the section record for interceptions in this season. 
City Game of the Week, Madison beats Steel Canyon. Not surprised by the result, but surprised by the score. Yeah, I would I would say. I mean, I picked Madison going into that game. I thought they were going to win it. Um, I thought, you know, Steel Canyon was going to have a little bit more out of uh, Major Givens. I agree. Um, I thought it was going to be a closer scoring game simply right. because I thought it was going to be a running game. Correct. But then again, you got Johnson and Jackson. I mean, that's a combination. We, You know, I talked to you about it, but I don't know how many secondaries that's going to be able to stop Johnson and Jackson. Well, and they got protection on their line, too. They have time to throw. To go back to the concept we were talking about in the last kind of piece, where it's like it's already difficult to cover those guys, and now you got to cover them a little bit longer because it's not like a jailbreak at the line of scrimmage, which it was in the spring season of 2020 when they were playing all as sophomores. Right, and those guys got older. They got wider. They got a lot of varsity experience <laughs> under their belt. A lot of varsity experience. So in, they've taken their bumps and bruises. A lot um, of varsity experience in the Western League. I know. Playing a lot of good teams. A lot of good teams. Now, I'll say this. I, I don't... As good as their offense is, I think their defense may be even better. Um, they got the best secondary. Their D-line is solid. Linebacking core led by Barrett. They're good. I mean, that's a really solid fundamental football team. And Rick Jackson knows how to coach those boys. Let's talk about some of the games out of county. San Clemente beat Torrey Pines 28-17. Bishop Alamany beat Lincoln 14-7. Uh, Centennial beat Cathedral 42-7. to uh, Those are some of the notable games out of county. The one that surprised me the most was... Lincoln and Bishop Alamany being a 14-7 game because both teams scored on their opening drive and then nothing nothing until Bishop Alamany scored with eight seconds left. I mean, both teams, very talented teams. I thought, you know, I wasn't surprised that Bishop Alamany won because it's a tough team to beat if you're Lincoln. Especially on the road. Especially on the road. That's a long drive on a Friday through a lot of L.A. traffic that they had to deal with. But... The fact that they the total score was 21 points was shocking to me. I don't know. I mean, those teams marry each other. Those programs marry each other a lot. Um, a lot of the concept stuff they do on the offensive side of the ball is similar to what they do at Bishop Almaney. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, the kid from uh, Cathedral went up there and then came back and then went back up there. Uh, the wide receiver, um, Justice. Right. Um, they're so similar that I'm not surprised the game was 14-7. Um, their execution styles are exactly the same. Their coaching styles are the same. The type of athletes who play are the same. So they've got great DB coverage. They've got great secondary Bishop Almaney. They shut down a lot of the receivers. I'm surprised that Lincoln didn't use Roderick Robinson more and run the ball more and keep the ball on the ground. Well, he, he had 186 yards rushing in his first game. He, I know. So the question was, you know, did they did they air it out too much? I don't know. But I, I thought the game was going to be low scoring. But I thought Roderick Robinson would have been the difference maker in that game. And I thought Lincoln had a pretty good chance of winning that game. La Jolla beat Scripps. Mount Carmel came back and beat Patrick Henry. Central beat Point Loma. Ramona beat Rancher Bernardo. I think it sticks out of you in those games. Central. I mean, let, 2-0, talk, baby. We got to talk about Central. Uh, Central people, and Brawley coming out of the desert. Yeah, those desert schools down there, they come to play some football. I don't know if they had extra time to practice. Or, <laughs> I don't know what it is down there, but both Central and Brawley look really good early in the, in the fall. Um, I, you know, if they can continue the success they're having, you know, throughout the season, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat um, come later when it gets colder in San Diego. Let's talk about the top 10. San Diego Union Tribune at Carlsbad, Cathedral, Madison, Helix, Lincoln, Mission Hills, Modern Day Catholic, Poway, Ramona, El Camino. Uh, for me, I went with Cathedral number one, Carlsbad two, Madison three, Lincoln four, Helix five, Mission Hills six, Modern Day Catholic seven, Poway eight, Ramona nine, Torrey Pines ten. 
off the air before we started, your top ten was drastically different than mine. So it's I'm drastically re- different than everything. And I'm so I'm ready to hear it. Here, here, so here. Here's, St- here's, let's here's, let's move the mic a little bit closer. Here. I got to hear this clearly. So la- last week, I just want to be clear here. Last week, I put my top ten out on Twitter, and I got it for free, and I gave everybody that one for free that you didn't have to tune in to the podcast in order to see it. Well, no more of that. <laughs> if you want to criticize me, you're at least going to have to watch the podcast to find out what I say. If you do that, then you got all the right in the world to take to Twitter and criticize me all you want, okay? But you got to at least do that first. So, starting off, Ryland Jesse. I'm going to take Ryland Jesse and the Helix Highlanders, number one. Number two, even with a tough loss to Bishop Almany, that's bigger than most programs in San Diego, to be honest. I'm going to take Lincoln at two. Mission Hills really impressed me with their win last week. They come in at three. Madison with a big win last week, dominating on both sides of the ball. They come in at four. At five, wait a minute. Mission Hills comes in at three. I'm sorry. Madison you said that. At, Madison comes in at four at two and zero. Oh. Carlsbad with the win over Modern Day uh, jumps from seven to six for me. Cathedral, the Dons. I don't think they figured out their identity yet. Um, I see. I see Will Bond. I see them trying to do the same things. They don't have the same athletes they did last year. That lat roster is not loaded with talent. Granted, they played. Um, Corona Centennial last year, and the score was even more lopsided. But I don't think this team is as good as last year's team. Well, that's a fact. So that didn't take it. It's not a rocket science to tell you that they're one and one. So I don't know with the youth they have. I think they've got a good secondary. Uh, the running game is a little suspect. The offensive line hasn't shown me that they're ready to dominate games yet. Um, yeah, and yeah. By the way, when I did put out my top ten last week, I did get a text from John Montali like, "You don't really believe this, do you?" <laughs> so. I I'm saying everybody, okay? Uh, so man, it's you, okay. You just like to put, you just basically have a dartboard and just it's okay. throwing stuff no, around. No, listen, but let's let's be honest, okay? Let me finish the top 10. I get Cathedral at 7, Ramon at 8. I'm very impressed with the way Ramon is playing football right now. I think they, they are my sleeper. They're going to knock off a big team and a big-time program this year, and everybody's going to go, whoa. Um, Ramon is on the rise, and I, I don't think there's anybody can beat him in D2. Um, at number 9, modern day. They, they fall to, what, they're 0-2? Yes. Haven't won a game yet? No. The best you're going to do is 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 at, at nine. I mean, you barely lost to, get the, I mean, to, to um, Carlsbad. I mean, that was so close. You know, I, I do think, in, in all fairness, I'll take the Twitter. That was a false start. The officials missed it. They blew it. That should not have been tested. It was a false start. It was a false start. There's just no way you can get around that. That was a false start. Sorry, Carlsbad. Thad, I love you, but that was a false start. Hey. They were down twenty-one nothing early. I mean, you can't blame everything on the on the false start. I, I get it. I get it. Hey, um, that was also second overtime. You had an yeah. opportunity to win the game twice. In, in, in twice. And then rounding out my top ten is Poway. So we'll see what they're made of this week when they got to play Ramona. That's going to be a big game for me. That's the game of, early game of the year. Uh, Ramona Poway. I think whoever wins that game is going to be see. I mean, really, really, they're going to be one of the teams to beat. We had a. Uh, all our teams are pretty much the same, except same you you took your Spotify playlist and hit shuffle on my top 10 <laughs> and had a different order well, I don't know, all over the you, place. You look at these, you know, I, I look at different teams for different reasons and the leagues they play in, the, the strength of schedule, and their personnel. You know, I, I, you can look at spreadsheets all you want to, but certain teams have certain tendencies. Certain teams can win big games. Certain teams have proven they can win big games. Certain teams can't win big games. And so... You put them in situations, you know the coaching staff. This isn't just simply pick this, pick that, pick that. I mean, there's a reason, there's a method to the madness. 
Believe it or not. That's why. You got to know the algorithm that you come up with. It's not an algorithm, though. That's the thing. It's not an algorithm. It's it's just these are my opinions um, based upon what I've seen of the teams that I've seen. And, you know, the cool part about this is we've been doing this every year for, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years. But the the part that gets me is it's always pretty much the same team, top ten. It is. And every, every, every once in a while, you get one every team year. that had a good has a good senior class that's in there. Uh, we're going to talk more about this with John Maffey when we come back. And then after that, we're going to dive into some of your questions that you've thrown out on social media. And then we'll get to the game picks. We're going to take a quick break in the high school football podcast right here on 97 through the fan and on YouTube. All right. Welcome back to the high school football podcast on 97 through the fan. Again, another big thanks to Todd Durkin for hooking us up on this uh Great studio, and uh, we now bring in one of our guests here, John Maffey from the San Diego Union Tribune. Uh, John, you join uh, Coach and I each and every Friday, giving us a high school football recap. But, you know, I wanted a little bit more one-on-one podcast-style sit-down here talking high school football. Welcome to the uh, the podcast studio Good, here. Thank you. This is this is really nice. It's a nice setup. Yeah, it's great. And another big thank you again to uh, to Todd Durkin for helping us out on here. But let's, let's talk about, let's start with week one. Uh, obviously, last week they had a week zero, and... Let's start with the game of the week. Carlsbad at, at modern day, a game that goes into a couple overtimes. And, um, you know, as much as there was a false start, probably on that last play of the game, um, you know, it's still standard anyway. And, you know, Carlsbad gets a, a big win that they need for the open. And then modern day is now sitting on the outside looking in at this point. Yes. It, you know, and, you know, the, that tackle eligible play, it sure looked like he, you know, like there was motion, but it was so bad. You know, was everybody fooled with the officials fooled too? Right. Uh, you know, I, you know, so I don't know what, I, I don't know what happened there, but you know, even if they, if, if they call that, then, you know, Carlsbad kicks the PAT, they go triple overtime and who knows what happens. Right. But, uh, you know, if it was in fact, more, well, you'd like to see it happen. Well, it's but, almost uh, like the left tackle moved and then goes, Oh crap. I just moved early. And then he like yeah. kind of sits and then he's like, Oh, nobody called anything yeah, and yeah. then ran the play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, but that's just kind of a, an unfortunate thing. Obviously we got the, the referee shortage and I don't know if you have any update on that. They've gotten anybody, um, to sign up for like the, uh, the lower levels. Yet. They, they actually, they started with 30 crews to right. start the year and they now are up to 34, but so they, they, they've, they've got 34 crews. They've got four more crews, but, uh, on any given week now, especially early in the season until we get into like. League play into week six, five, six, seven, eight. Right. There, there, are, there are as many as 42 games. Right. So, you know, yes, yes, they've had, they've gotten more guys, but it's still not enough. Well, sometimes like even last week when we went up and played Centennial on the road on a JV game, there's only three officials. Wow. Which is, you know, even, even more difficult to try to run a game. So I don't know if you've seen any, is there any type of crews where they kind of pare it down? You're only using like three and or four. And that's one thing they didn't want to do. They, right. they, uh, they didn't want to go. Because JVs here go go four man crews, right? And then they add they add the referee, they add the the white hat for the varsity game. But they they said they did not want to go four man crews on varsity games, which would have which would have given them a lot more crews, right? And uh, might as well have the full crew do it right, and then have guys play on Thursday and Saturday. They then be like, oh well, we only have four officials right. this week, and it hasn't worked out too badly. You know that uh, I haven't heard too many complaints about the Thursday games, right? And uh, you know, Saturday, you know. You know, you know, who know, pick your poison on third. Would you rather go a day short or a day long? And then that makes your Sunday, if you're a coach, right. that much longer. 
So I'll tell you what, I mean, after playing in a Saturday game, when you're used to Friday games, you're sitting there going like, well, I don't really like playing on Saturdays too much because all of a sudden your weekend's gone like that. Yes. It's a little bit different in yeah. preparation for the next week. Yeah. And that's that's the one day, you know, most most high school coaches actually get get to breathe is a right. little bit on Sunday. And, you know, now if you play Saturday night, now you're, you know, you're going over film and, you know, you have, if you're married and you have kids and your wife wants to do something and right. you, you feel drawn, you yeah, know, do exactly. I watch film or do I, you know, do I go to the beach? <laughs> Let's talk about the North County game of the week from last week. According to us, Mira Mesa beat San Marcos 28, 21 Cal preps gave him a three point favorite. Mira Mesa ends up winning. Uh, we talked about this last week on the uh, John Contreras show about San Marcos and kind of the trajectory that they're, they're on uh, with their new coaching staff. Great start to the season beating RB, kind of come back down to earth a little bit against Mira Mesa. But, you know, what did you see out of the Marauders, um, you know, on the reports? And and what do you expect out of San Marcos going through Avocado League play? I think, you know, San Marcos is going to kind of be a mystery team because they, right. they're they're really young. Uh, they have a good young coach in Tom Carroll. I, I think they're on the right road with, with Tom. And uh, Jason Texler is the well-traveled Jason Texler is, right. is back as his offensive coordinator. And I think uh, if you've ever, you know, seen Jason Texler in the coach's room, it's, it's like, uh, you know, steam coming out of his ears. And he's drawing X's and O's <laughs> and stuff on the board and confusing people with, you know, with, with his genius. But, uh, but I think, you know, I think they have a good coaching staff. They have good young players. And, and uh, it's just a matter of, I think, consistency for them. Right. Because it, it's there. And I think that consistency, lack of, probably showed a little bit against Mira Mesa, where, you know, Mira Mesa is a little bit more veteran team. Coaching staff is back for their second year there after Coach Tompy passed away last year. But, uh, you know, Mira Mesa is is a good team. And, you know, so that's that's not an embarrassing loss at all for San Marcos. Oh, no, absolutely not. Well, and they're, they're a good team, and, and, you know, they played one of the better teams in Helix in week one. Um, they obviously just didn't have the, the horses that – to hang with Helix, but they're going to do some damage in, in their division nonetheless. Let's talk about Helix for a second. East County game of the week. Helix beat Otai 52 to nothing. Helix is favored by 28, according to Cal Preps, going into that game. Um, Brad Burton inherited kind of a mess at Otai, and he's trying to figure it, yeah. put it all together in his first year as a, as a head coach. Uh, a great assistant coach for a long period of time. Obviously, a great player here in town. Um, you know, I know he's going to be able to get that thing rolling, but, you know, tough out of the gate signing up to play Madison and then play yes. and play Helix to the top teams in San Diego. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I, I was talking to coach Doyle today at, uh, at Cathedral Catholic and kidding him about, you know, who scheduled, you know, who drew up your schedule where you're, you know, you're, you're playing, you know, De La Salle and Centennial right. and, and Chandler. And he, he laughs and he goes, me, well, right. Brad Burton didn't, he inherited the right. schedule. So, and, uh, and it might be one of those years too. Where, you know, Otay Ranch traditionally has been a good team. This is a year where they're, you know, they're probably a very average team, and the schedule is is just a little too tough for the, you know, for the, for a, an emerging group of kids there. So, uh, you know, if they, you know, I think they'll be okay once they once they get back into a schedule that's a little more fitting for them. Right, and again, I mean, he inherited a lot of things where he had to clean up some stuff and, and kind of establish right. a program. And that, that, that takes a couple of years. And, you know, we, we talked about that with San Marcos trying to do it. You know, Madison's done a pretty good job of that. As we move on to our city game of the week, they beat Steel Canyon 35-7. I mean, this is a Madison team that's basically been the exact same team since 
that 2020 spring season when they played a bunch of sophomores and yep. now they're rolling with those guys as as seniors i know they had some freshmen on that team so those juniors and seniors have seen a lot of varsity experience compared to a lot of teams that they're going to play and so far they're off to a great start um you know otai ranch again not one of the best teams in san diego steel canyon is always going to be tough but madison's really showing that they they could be a power in the top five and, and be a contender for the open yes and uh Don Norcross from our staff, uh, you know, saw them play last, saw Madison play last week, and we talked, and and he goes, boy, they're you know they're for real. They got some guys, right. and uh, you know, I I think, uh, and it you know what people don't realize, Madison is one of the smaller schools in the city. There, it's they're, really small. They're it's under a thousand kids. Under a thousand, I think, and they're more like in the eight hundred ish range. Right. So you know, they're uh, and it's just if you if you go to Madison. It's it's just in a really nice, you know, blue collar neighborhood, right? And, and you know, where people probably have lived in their homes for thirty years. Their their kids went to Madison in the eighties, and mom and dad are still in the house, right? So they're just they're just not getting a lot of turnover in homes there. But they but the kids they are getting are very good. Yeah, they're very good, and they've uh, Rick Jackson's done a great job building a really good program. Um, you know, that's now at the top uh, city league spot in the Western League. Uh, interesting game. We talked about this clash of Titans. Uh, Poway beats Eastlake 14 to 6. Uh, they were favored by a, a couple of touchdowns, according to Cal Preps. But, you know, Poway, very senior heavy team, a team that could probably do a lot of damage this year. They might be a couple points short just based on their schedule from potentially competing in the open. But to me, this seems like a. This is the this is the you know the best year right now for Poway to, to kind of go for it and they're so far they're two and zero. It, it, it and to me they're they're a little it's a kind of a funny team. I saw them uh, at the end of the summer in the in the La Costa seven on seven tournament and Dylan Curry their quarterback I thought was outstanding. You know, big strong kid threw the ball really well and you know now they get into into the season and I. I think he's thrown 16 passes in, in total in the in the two games, and they're they're just handing it off to Connor Rath and pounding it off the tackles. Right, and uh, you know so so it's there. They uh, they have a quarterback with a big arm, but uh, but you know they like Kyle Williams likes to pound the rock, and it and, and until it fails, that's what he's going to do. At D one school too this year for Poway, and Poway's going to have a big test obviously coming up this weekend um, against Ramona. I mean that's going to be a hell of a game. Then they got Torrey Pines, um, which Torrey Pines is zero two, but they played two teams that yes. are pretty good out of out of conference uh, before they play Vista, and then their their league is pretty decent for the most part. And, and a nice surprising team right now is Del Norte, who's off to a pretty good start as well. Uh, those are kind of the games of the week. Some other games, kind of notable games for you. San Clemente beat Torrey Pines. What's notable to me is is not Torrey Pines starting 0-2 against two Southern Section teams, but you know, and and they're not like the they're not the greatest. They're not they're not playing Trinity League schools, but they're still good, solid Southern Section teams that if they're in San Diego would probably be in the top three. But Torrey loses 28-14, 28-17. I mean, they're hanging in there with with two of these teams before they get ready for Avocado League play. Yes, and I think, you know, it's a little deceiving, you know, Torrey being 0-2, because that's a good team. Very well covered. Robbie Collins, new coach there, but he kept a lot of the staff and a lot of staff that, you know, that was co- coaching the lower levels or had gotten out of coaching, but they were still on campus, are now coaching with Robbie because he, he's such a popular guy. And I think they're going to be just fine. They're going to you know, they're going to make some noise in, uh, in that Avocado League. I think they're going to be fine, too, especially in the Avocado League. We're running the wing tee. I mean, that's 
Coach Gladnick used to say that all the time when he was at Torrey Pines. It's an equalizing offense. It keeps you in games. I think that's a big reason why they've been in games so far this year. So much so that it's funny. So Coach Contera and I will go back and forth on what our top 10 was. Last week, he had Torrey in his top 10. I did not. And after they, at 0-2, played tough the last two games, I put him in my top 10. I mean, he's got him out. Now I got him in just based on what they've shown and and the fact that if, you know, I I kind of think about if Torrey Pines played, you know, some of these other teams' schedules in front of them, they'd probably be 2-0 at this point in time. Uh, Let's talk about the other game I wanted to talk about, Bishop Alamany and Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln has to go out of town a lot right now. There are like a lot of teams in San Diego that are near the top that can't find any games in town. So now they have to go out of town. They beat a capital Christian team in three quarters last week, 56 to nothing. Then they play a team in Bishop Alamany that was about one win away from a state uh, regional against Cathedral last year. They, they had a huge lead on Orange Lutheran, kind of fell apart down the stretch, but that's a good football team up there. The thing that was shocking to me is the final score is 14-7 after both teams scored on their opening drive. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, Lincoln only scoring seven points, so that tells you something. And Bishop Alamany is, you know, uh, when I was in high school, they they were in my league when I was in high school. Bishop Alamany, <laughs> Bishop Alamany, Bishop Beaumont, you know, St. Francis of La Cunada, uh San Gabriel Mission. We had a pretty pretty darn good league when you have Bishop Beaumont and, right. and Bishop Alamany in your league, and uh, so so I'm, I'm I'm familiar with those teams and how strong they are, and and they get the kids in their neighborhood. You know, it, it, they're good, good, strong Catholic schools, right. and uh, uh, and they get they get a lot of the kids from from those local parishes right. that, that grow up wanting to play at those schools. So uh, I'm I'm not surprised that Lincoln lost, but I'm surprised they only scored seven. I'm surprised it was a close. I mean, both teams. Like I went over the film, Lincoln drove down the field, scored almost effortlessly, and then Bishop Alamany did the exact same thing, and then neither team scored right. until Alamany scored with eight seconds left in the game. That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Welcome to high school football, right? It's just yeah. almost like a that's baseball kind of saying. Yeah. Uh, La Jolla beat Scripps 28-21. Valiant effort out of Scripps Ranch. We talked about this last week, kind of being a rivalry game. But, you know, I, I, I don't. when you look at Scripps Ranch's schedule, there's not a lot of opportunities right now without Jax Leatherwood to, yeah. to put up some W's. And then on top of that, they get added to the Western League this year after a state championship run last year. I mean, this is... Um, they're in the deepest waters of any team in San Diego at this point. Yes, and and uh, and I talked, you know, uh, Coach Marlon Gardnera, you know, when they moved, he he kind of he wanted to move up, and you know, you know, be careful what you wish for sometimes, right? And uh, but I, you know, but I admire Marlon for for wanting to play up, but it's tough when your best player and maybe you know one of the best players in the county uh, goes down, and now you got to get your backup quarterback ready and. You know, and that yeah, that that kid figures you know he's he's going to mop up you know five or six times this right. season and maybe throw a couple of dozen passes and now suddenly he's the guy right and you know so it's a whole different mindset and uh, so uh, you know I they're it, I think they have a good team but but they're in they're in in some tough tough water. Uh, Mount Carmel bounces back last week after beating Patrick Henry uh, 28-21 as well. Uh, Central over Point Loma thirty to fourteen off to a nice two and zero start there. Central is you know Central and Brawley are the two teams in the in the desert. Yes, that uh, that I think uh, Brawley Brawley had a, a close loss to Valley Center, and you know it, does that tell me that Valley Center's very good? You know, I, it, you know this was you know, talking to Coach Gilster there. He 
he thought this was going to be an okay team, you know, a, a six and four, seven and three kind of team. But suddenly they jump up and beat a good Brawley team, and uh, and now Central Union is you know is kind of taken over the number one team in the in the desert. So uh, that that's a team, and I admire those the desert teams for coming coming out and coming west and and challenging some of the San Diego teams and and getting seen. Right. And that we talked about that last week, yes. being able to be seen because you can just I mean, when we send teams out there, it's just kind of a well, I guess they lost, but nobody's really seeing them in person. It's a right. lot different to see a team in person than just than just on tape. But you hit the nail on the head with Central and Brawley. Those are the top two teams out in the desert and two teams that, that, that are going to make a run um, here in, in CIF. Centennial beats down in Cathedral 42 to seven. I thought that score was way closer than I than I initially thought it was going to be, uh, based on what Cathedral had returning and what Centennial had returning. Um, I don't know if you're able to watch Centennial in person. I was walking over to the press box to do the game, and some of the parents of non-football players were like, that looks like an NFL team over there. Everybody on the defensive yeah. line was over 285 pounds. Um, you know, that's just a it's just on a, a, a notch above, you know, in a Trinity League level team where you know teams in san diego as good as they are it's that's tough that's a tough ask for anybody in san diego even if you were to combine the best three teams in san diego would be a tough task yes and uh, there was a good story in the uh in the la times this week uh eric sondheimer did a story with uh, talking to the centennial coaches and saying how uh modern day santa Ana modern day has grown into you know a mushroomed into this giant yes. and and uh and and the centennial coach going hey you know, they've got four or five kids from Centennial that, you know, they got four or five of our kids playing at modern day. And he goes, uh, you know, they're the modern day's tentacles have, have gone out and, you know, and they're taking kids from, you know, from the Riverside area. And that's, that's a pretty good schlep from Riverside to Santa Ana. So, you know, he wasn't necessarily complaining, but he was, you know, stating the fact that, you know, they're, they're getting a lot of kids from out of the area. And I don't think modern day recruits. I think their program recruits itself. Well, it does. And Centennial is one of the biggest high schools in all of California. I mean, they yeah. got a ton of kids getting pumped into that school, which it's funny. You go up there and you go, where, where all these kids live? I mean, they, but yeah. they, they run that whole inland empire goes through yes. that school um, and take a lot of kids out of Myriad and Temecula. And, you know, they kind of at the same point play by the same rules, but I will tell you this teams like Centennial, St. John Bosco, modern day, they go out of state and they're really putting the hammer on some teams like modern day did against yes. um, a really tough Bishop Gorman team that they were able to beat. And then uh, St. John Bosco flexing the California muscle in the state of Texas in back to back years going out and destroying Allen. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and that, I, that, that says a lot for California football that, uh, you know, whether you like, like those teams or not, you, you kind of, you, you kind of have to root for them when they can go, oh, yeah, absolutely. When they can go into Texas. When I was out there in Texas, it was always like, what is Cal? Like it was one time when I was working at TCU, I was going to help the special teams coordinator out and with some film breakdowns, some other stuff with the GA GA is like, all right, cool. Let's yeah. go introduce yourself. And, and so we went and we talked to the, the special teams coordinator and he's like, Oh, where are you from? And I said, California. And then he said, what the F do you know about football? Oh, and I was gee. just kind of like, wow. I mean, it's like, gee, I mean, there's good. I was like, have you not heard of these schools? Like yeah. they, we got good football out here too. And the, it's fun to, you know, I love, I love being in Texas. I love, I love their football. I love their, you know, their Americana and, and high school yeah. football. Friday night lights out there is great, but this kind of like centralized arrogance that they have, it's kind of fun to see our teams go down there and beat their ass. Yeah. And if you, when I, when I was working at, uh, at San Diego state, we, you know, we played, we played like every Texas directional school, you know, we played, 
you know, North Texas, East Texas, West Texas, Texas, El Paso, Texas, you know, Texas Southern, you know, uh, Texas Arlington. But the point is that we, uh, we had a group that liked to go to whatever the best high school game on Friday right. night. So we, you know, we'd go to a game and, you know, some of the stadiums that they're playing in. Oh, it's awesome. It's just, we went to a Texas 6A semifinal game. And it looked like Texas and Arkansas. Oh, yeah. You know, in burnt orange and red. Right. And they were, you know, th- we got there an hour before the game and we, you know, and we got the seats in the way up on the upper deck and the, you know, and in, in a 35,000 seat stadium. So, you only get a couple of those out here. But, you know, I, I went to a South Lake Carroll game uh, when Quinn Ayers, uh, Ayers was there uh, a couple of years ago, yeah. back in 2020, in the fall season when we weren't playing football and they were, place was packed. I mean, yes. the, the stadium was packed. Um, you know, everybody was doing what they needed to do to be at the game, but they had a, they had a video board. There was no track in the stadium. They had two, uh, brand new cars parked on the thing, uh, on the field from the local dealership sponsor. Like it was a college. The, the PA announcer sounded like he was doing it for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they had, they had promotion in the stand in the stadium where it was like dirtiest car in the parking lot wins a free year a free, uh, one free, uh, year of, of car washes. Wow. And it was just, it's like, it, I felt like I was at an Aztec game. Yeah. It was insane. And every little town, if you're on, if you're on the freeway or the highways, the back roads in Texas, every little town has a billboard as you drive into town. And, you know, whether it's, you know, McKinney or, you know, Amarillo or, or wherever, uh, they'll have a, they'll have a billboard, you know, you know, stating their team and how many league championships yeah. they've Welcome won. Welcome to Panther country, you yes, know, yes. stuff like that. Yeah, kind of like you're going into Ramona, except, right. except on steroids. You know, it's just but huge. That, but that was going to bring up, I mean, and we're going to have to take a quick break here just based on our recording uh, capacities. But, you know, there's only a couple teams in San Diego where you get that Americana Friday Night Lights feel. Ramona sticks out to me yes. as one. Uh, Valley Center sticks out to me as another. And El Cap, the way that they kind of take over Lakeside yes. and then they go run through the town. I mean, yes. those... Aside from kind of those three, at least off the top of my head, I mean, you don't really get too many of those Friday Night Lights, Americana type games or yeah, teams. Yeah, not too many. Oceanside, when John Carroll was there, had that feel, and they've kind of lost it a little bit. But but you're right that uh, there aren't a whole lot of them. But it's fun when it's fun it's when you great. do experience it. Yeah, and some of the I, I think a lot of schools now in San Diego have done a great job of putting on an event. For, for the for the games. I mean, at, at Cathedral, it's great. Um, it's nothing like it was when I was a student there um, and, and what they do to pump a lot of kids in there. And, and one of my favorite uh, games ever is obviously Saints Cathedral, but I love playing on the road at Mesa because you show up and you're driving in just from a player's perspective on their buses and the whole parking lot is loaded with Saints alum tailgating. Yeah, tailgating. And they got their RVs and the flags. and the, It yeah. feels like college game day when you're going into Mesa College, and it's it's outstanding. I had a couple other experiences like that with Cathedral in terms of playing Del Oro was like that. And then when we played Vista Marietta my senior year, there was about 15,000 people at that game, all from Marietta. Yeah. Like they, they brought the whole oh. town in, involved for that game. Yeah, that uh, and you're right, Valley. I don't know if people remember. I can't even remember the year, but the Vista Brawley Championship game in Old Qualcomm Stadium, and out in that, you know, that and that was like a three A game at one o'clock in the afternoon. Drew like fifteen thousand people. That's awesome. And uh, you know, and the you know, and the big boys didn't draw that for the for the open division game that night. John, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll break down the top tens, kind of talk about some of the games uh, coming up. This is the High School Football Podcast.
All right, John, let's talk about the the top 10 that came out. You know, obviously, you know, the best thing about the top 10, and you talked about it last week, you got about 30 people that vote in it, and it's such a wide range that it, it kind of eliminates the bias, obviously, with with different people being associated with different schools and then different people also being against schools. Um, the UT writers poll this week, Carlsbad, number one, 17 first place votes, Cathedral, number two, with 11, Madison with one first place vote, Helix at fourth, one first place vote. Lincoln in the top five. Then Mission Hills, Modern Day, Poway, Ramona, El Camino. I think most most people had kind of those 10 teams because you look at the received votes, there's only like three teams that got votes and yes. it was a very small number. But when you started to get all the uh, the ballots in, what was the most shocking thing to you in this week of the top 10? You know, it this week was pretty pretty good. Uh, last week I was stunned because I, I had a voter that voted Cathedral 8th. Right. And, you know, I, you know, really, but like you said, that that's overcome because we have enough people that are voting. Right. So, you know, I, I can, you know, and, and he, you know, he had a valid excuse, you know, he, he had a reason and, you know, and I call, I, I didn't call him on, but I, you know, I, I had to call him about something else. So, you know, we talked about it, but this week I was, I was a little surprised that, that four teams got first place votes that, uh, I saw that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, well, and, and I am kind of glad, you know, Mad- Madison's played really well. Helix has played really well. So, uh, you know, and, and as I'm tallying up the votes, I'm going, boy, this is going to be really close. And then there was a, 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 you know, I print, I, everybody sends it in, I print them out and then I total them up on, on Monday morning. And, but it, it was, it was like, you know, eight to six in the first place votes. And then right. all of a sudden there was a run, right. a run of Carlsbad votes. So, uh, you know, uh, I wasn't surprised, but it, it was like it's like a 50 point difference between uh, Carlsbad and Cathedral. And that that surprised me a little bit. Yeah, it is surprising, especially since they've already played the same team and Cathedral beat the team by two touchdowns in regulation. Yes. And then Carlsbad needed a false start two point conversion to beat the team. And all of a sudden they got 17 first place votes. Um, and again, I did. I think a lot of it has to do with the thing that's difficult is obviously you got to pay attention to how now you have to pay attention to how good other teams are outside of the county. It's yes. not just paying attention to the teams in the county where, you know, maybe one or two schools are playing a Southern section school or some random school in Yuma. And you're trying to go, is that team good? Are they not good? But now it's like everybody plays out of town. It's I got to pay attention as a voter to, all right, now how good is this team in the Southern section yeah. before I compare them to, you know, maybe a school like Cathedral played. Like, I got to sit there and go, is Centennial and Ayala the same school? And the, the answer is no. But yeah. now I got to do all this additional research in, into doing the top 10. Yeah, and it's going it, to, and talking to, to, to Joe Hines, our you know, San Diego commissioner, those, those out-of-town games, you know, play havoc at, at pairings time. Because, oh, yeah. you know, how do you, you know, where does Ayala fit? Would they be, a, would they be an open division, division one or division two team? in in san diego where where do they fall so how do we you know how do we rate them so it, it's, it's oh yeah that it, that is a pain in the ass yeah. just I, I i built a spreadsheet i got everybody's schedule in there i got everybody's win loss based on what cal preps does with the with the cif formula in there kind of do this at the end of the season projection of who's going to make it where and the hardest thing just because of how vague it is and the fact that the Southern section doesn't have divisions, they don't have divisions at the end of the season, right. is like, what division is this school and what record are they going to have at the end of the year that impacts the CIF rankings? Which I've been on record, I disagree with the CIF rankings. I don't think it's very valid. The coaches voted for it. I don't have a vote, so it doesn't really matter. CIF's just doing what it takes to to appease the coaches. But at the same time, it's like, and it, everybody knows I'm a Cal Preps 
um, Homer at this point, but CalPreps has every team in the country into their database to determine who's good and who's not. And that's what they used to run. And now you're going to run this other thing. To me, I just, I'd, I'd feel like we got, we got rid of such a simpler system for something that's just going to cause CIF a lot of headaches. Yes. And, and, uh, and, and, and the CIF to their credit, they, they give coaches in every sport the, the option, you know, you guys pick how you want. Your, this is what they your, voted for. This yeah. is that CIF didn't say, we yeah. want you to do this. It was, what do you guys want to do? And we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll and enforce I've it. been in on those parents meetings and coaches are, you know, this stinks, this, you know, the, the, the power ring, you know, and the, and, you know, and whether it was Jerry Schneep or Joe Hines or Dennis, they just go, Hey, not the time. This isn't the, you guys voted on this, right? you know, at your next meeting, you can vote it out. Right. But for now, you voted this in. This is the way it is. Start convincing some of the other teams and the other coaches that we need to do it this way. Yeah. Um, El Camino gets in the top 10 for the first time, which uh, I think is deserving for them being 2-0. I didn't personally have them in there. Uh, my top 10 was Cathedral, Carlsbad, Madison, Lincoln, Helix, Mission Hills, Modern Day, Poway, Ramona, and Torrey Pines. Very close to what most of the writers put together. Um, for me, with just Cathedral... They've won 15 straight games against San Diego teams, and until somebody beats them, yes. um, I'm going to leave them in that spot and not going to punish them for their insane schedule that Sean Doyle decided to put together. Uh, Carlsbad, I think, is the second-best team anyway. I really like Madison. I think Madison's a sleeper this year yes. for a lot of things. And they, they can wreak havoc on the Western League with how they play their games. Yeah, and I that, that that's exactly my my one two three was Cathedral, Carlsbad, Madison, and then I go with Lincoln and Helix, and I'm going to give I give Lincoln credit for playing Bishop Alamany over Helix playing Otay Ranch. You know, it it is what it is. It's, yeah. It usually works itself out at the end of the day anyway. And then, you know, Mission Hills, John, I mean, they're a team they got, I think they know how to pick the right schedule for the CIF rankings because they pick three teams that they can beat that are going to have good records out of town and yeah. they're going to get big points for it. And so a team like Mission Hills is going to get the same credit um, beating Lawndale as Cathedral would beating De La Salle. And those are two totally different teams, but that's how the CIF rankings work. And, Credit to, to Coach Hauser at Mission Hills. I mean, based on what I have laid out, they're in line to get the number one seed in the open when it's all said and done. And they could, I think, and I've told a number of people don't don't sleep on Mission Hills because they're they're very good. They're very well coached. They they schedule and and they schedule good teams. Those you know, Lawndale, Ayala, the teams they play are are, are good. They're good Southern Section teams. And to their credit, and they they beat them. And they're not afraid to go on the road. They'll they'll do a home and home contract with those schools. So you know they're not afraid to to. to I think last year what you know, last year the year they traveled to Palos Verdes Peninsula wherever they traveled. Oh yeah. And you know Coach Hauser just goes, I had no idea the school was this far out. Uh, Ramona is in my top ten. Um, obviously, I think Poway is too. I, that's going to be a great game coming up uh, this weekend. Ramona, is there anybody in D two that can beat Ramona? I don't think so. I saw Ramona so opening either. week and they are, they're big mm-hmm. and they're strong. They're very well coached. Uh, uh, the Enriquez brothers, uh, Aslan and Adron are Aslan. Adron is hurt. And I think, you know, hopefully uh, coach Baldwin won't yell at me, but cause it's pretty well known now that he's hurt, but, and he's, he'll be back for the league. But when they get him back, he's, he's one of the best players in the County. He's one of the best kept secrets and Aslan Enriquez uh, is is a really fine slot receiver, wing back kind of kid, and uh, and the and the quarterback, uh, you know, uh, Colin Lester has has just taken over, and 
I, I they are going to be really tough to beat. And that with that game against Poway is going to be a that's going to be a great one. And it's D one versus D two. So Ramona, even if they beat, they don't have to worry about Poway. I mean, because Poway's in D one now. I mean, just based on what I got in the top teams in D two at the end of the season. Ramona, Central, Christian, Valley Center, Mira Mesa, Otay, Mount Carmel, La Jolla. You go down the list, there's not a lot of teams on there that I'm going, wow, I, you know, watch out, Ramona. You got to watch out for Mira Mesa or Valley Center or something. But yeah. there's not a lot of teams on the list. They already beat Christian. Yes. So there's not a lot of, it's going to be tough to, they're, they're the team to beat in D2. And Christian's good. Christian, Christian's quarterback, uh, Jake Davila, is through three interceptions, but you could tell he's a good, he's a good player. Right. But and and I had one one voter in the poll go, I can't vote for Ramona because Christian turned it over five times. Well, why do you think they turned it over five times? Because they were blitzing right. linebackers and the quarterback had a guy in his face. There's a couple different ways to turnovers. Either they fumbled the snap or the guy got rocked and the ball got popped out. Same yeah. thing with, with the way that you throw interceptions. But that's kind of look at the top ten. Uh let's look at some of the games this week. Uh just real quickly. Um and we'll talk about uh, you know, some of the, the, the top games throughout San Diego. I mean, I, I think you gotta start with the 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 game of the week, at least in my opinion, Poway and Ramona. Yes, and I think uh if I think Ramona has a as big enough line and strong enough kids, it's gonna be really hard for Connor Rath to to rack up hundred and fifty or two hundred yards. They may have to start throwing the ball a little bit to 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 beat Ramona. Uh, and and Ramona, if, if they can spread you out, they've got some good athletes. I that I I I haven't I haven't decided who I'm going to pick in that game, but I'm I'm leaning Ramona. But uh, it, it's going to be a great game. I think that's the only game currently on Poway's schedule that they can lose, aside from maybe Tory. These next two, I mean, if they go two and zero these next two weeks. They're going ten and zero, and all of a sudden they're knocking on the door uh, in the open division. So yeah. this this these next two games are elimination games of the open. Uh, San Marcos at Steel Canyon on Thursday. That's an inter- intriguing matchup to me. It is, and you know, against you know Steel Canyon, you know, very well coached. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. You know, it, you know, which is the real San Marcos, the one that that scored fifty points the first game, or the one you know one that only scored twenty points the second game. And and going into Steel Canyon, you know, again against you know a big, strong, tough opponent is not easy. You got to slow down Major Givens too. Yes, and Major Givens is. I talked to you know to Ramon Scott out in the East County uh, earlier today, and and he goes, you know, Steel Canyon isn't a great team, but they have a great player. Right. And he can if he goes off, they can beat just about anybody. Modern Day playing Red Mountain in the Honor Bowl, very intriguing matchup. Modern Day kind of needs to get a win here very quickly if they want to yes. keep hanging around. Yes, yeah, yeah. I talked to John Joyner this week too, and John, you know, John just goes, you know, uh, you know, like Coach Dogan, you know, who schedule these games? But <laughs> and Red Mountain is good. Red Mountain's got some guys. I think they're number three or four in Arizona, and uh, it, that's you know. That's going to be, and that's a four o'clock game. Uh, you know, it's, heat could be a factor. It's going to be hot this weekend. I kept and, telling my kids that I coach, you better start drinking. You better be drinking water nonstop because it's going to be hot for all our games this week. And I talk, I talked to, uh, I, I, I'm going to do a, a heat piece this week. And, you know, Coach Joyner and, and uh, Coach Jackson at, at Madison, you know, Pedialyte. Right. Uh, uh, each player is required to eat three bananas a day, uh, water. And I think it was Coach Joyner said that that his kids came up with a special pickle juice. Oh, pickle con- juice is huge. Pick, con- Do that con- in softball games. Yeah, and, so and he, when playing you know, in tournaments, yeah. pickle juice is huge. And no, no, yo, know, no salt and no sugar. You know, right. no, no soda. Right. And he goes, 
you know, if we do that, you know, they may beat us physically, but we should physically we should be ready to play. Uh, Poway or not Poway, uh, Patrick Henry at Scripps Ranch down the street from us uh, on Friday night. That's a very intriguing matchup. Two teams that haven't won a game yet. Two teams that were in the conversation for CF championships last year. Yes, and I'm 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 a little surprised. I thought uh, I thought Henry has a chance had a chance to you know to maybe maybe run the table. I, I I thought they were that good and and they have a really good quarterback in Ryland Jesse. But uh, I, I you know they should get back on track this week and. And, you know, and Marlon Gardner, we, you know, he's got a great, he's going to have to have a great coaching season to get that team ready without Jack Slotherwood. Uh, Carlsbad is going to host Inglewood, which is a tough out of section game. Yes. And, and uh, Inglewood is really up and down, you know, that, that's a, that's a, a program where, you know, when they have, when they have their guys they are really good, but there are years where they just don't have guys and can Carlsbad, you know, can they can they rally after that big emotional win last week? Yeah, I sure hope so for our section's sake. Uh, big game up in Vista, RBV and Vista. Even though RBV is two and zero and Vista is zero and two, big rivalry game up there for Big Red. We'll see uh, who prevails up in the Vista area. Uh, and I hope the Vista people aren't watching, but I don't think that's going to be close. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> University City Brawley, interesting matchup. Twenty three UC eighteen Brawley. Yes, and you know, again, Brawley, you know, one of the better teams, you know, one of the two best teams in the desert, a good team, and uh, and University City has got some guys, and you know, I I, I think that's going to be a really good game, and you know, uh, a very athletic quarterback at, at University City, and he's got some he's got some guys around him, but I, I think maybe University City a little bit too athletic for Brawley, but it's going to be a good game out in the desert. It's going to be hot. Uh, last one for you. Del Norte is off to a 2-0 start. They're projected to win the rest of their games, according to Cal Preps, throughout the season. Big tester this week against Sam Pasqual, who's also 2-0. It's just kind of the coming out party for Del Norte this week if they get a win. It is. Lee, Lee Cole does a, a great job at Del Norte. They have a, you know, it's a nice school, a nice stadium. I saw Sam Pasqual last week, and their quarterback, uh, Eli Griffin, is probably as good a quarterback because they, they run that triple option. They, they they run they have five plays, and they run they run five plays out of maybe fifteen formations, but it you know it's it's you know you know buck right buck left midline right. <laughs> you know and they they just run the heck out of it, and they they ran over a a pretty good Olympian team last week, and Olympian had no clue what uh, you know what they what what San Pascal was doing offensively, and Eli Griffin can can throw the ball they they. They, they threw the ball, they dump it down and, 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 but you know, Eli can get the ball. He can throw the ball down the field. That's the one separator. I think that, that San Pasquale has, hasn't had in a while as a quarterback that can actually throw the ball more than 20 yards. John, appreciate the time as always. Great. Thanks for Thank coming you. up to the, uh, or coming down to the studio from North County. Really appreciate it. And uh, look forward to doing this again. Thank you. I appreciate it. I had fun. All right. Great. Great. Thanks, Braden. That was yeah. good. All right, thanks again to John Maffey for joining us today. Really appreciate him from the San Diego Union Tribune. We got to bring in all these different guests and stuff right. to join our show. And we're a voice, we're the voice of high school football. We're trying to we're spread the love everywhere. I'm not trying to compete with anybody at this point. Bring everybody in, get their yeah. opinions voiced. I'll talk to anybody about football that wants to talk to me about football. That's anybody. right. And uh, let's talk about some of our fan mail. Uh, let's start with some of the big questions coming in on our fan mail here. We'll start with uh, Meech 
chiming in at 619 Meach. He throws out their impact of out-of-section games. Saints forfeiting this week. Uh, this week's upcoming game. Besides themselves, who can shock Cathedral, Modern Day, Carlsbad, and or Lincoln games that we want to see broadcast on KUSI this season. Impact of out-of-section games. I think in the Cal Preps world, there's an impact. I think in the in the uh, CIF rankings, I don't think is as big of an impact, just because it's a lot. It's a lot of generic conversation. And the other thing too, like we just talked about with John Matthew about what they're doing at CIF, it's their biggest problem is trying to figure out. Well, is that team a D one team or a D two team? They're trying to figure it out on paper instead of having a formula to do it. So the impact, I don't, I don't think it's that big of an impact that involves San Diego. I will say this though. San, it, it's a bad look for us that we can't beat anybody out of town right now because oh, we can't. Time out. Time out. Because we can't. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't disagree with you more. All right. I think it's absolutely fantastic for San Diego football to see these programs scheduling out of state or out of city games. Well, I, I, I agree with you on that. See, I'm not saying what I'm saying. Corona Centennials. I love to see the Bishop Almanis. I love the fact that Modern Day, who was a D3 team last year, has put some heavy hitters on their schedule this year. Do I think it has an impact? Absolutely has an impact. Now, it may not be in the rankings or the stats or the schedules, but when we start playing tougher teams, all the football in San Diego gets better. Everybody gets better when we start playing better football. See, I think for a number of years, everybody else in the state looked down at San Diego and said, nobody in San Diego can play football. You're not on our level. And then once in a while, you'd have a team like Cathedral. Or Oceanside, or, Oceanside or Helix. One of the top four power programs for like 10 or 15 years would play one of those and beat them occasionally. And now you see more teams. It's not just your Saints or your Helix or your Cathedrals. Now we've added Modern Day. You've added uh, teams like Point Loma has played somebody at a time. Like there's different teams doing it now, which I think strengthens the level of competition of football in San Diego. Listen, I, I'm not all about the, ex, the, the the statistics or the numbers, but I do think our football in San Diego can compete with anybody in the state of California, regardless of where they rank them. I don't think I could say that five, seven, eight, nine years ago, but I definitely say today we can compete with anybody. We're not at the turning page where we dominate other sections, but we're competing. There weren't a lot of blowouts in those games. When we played the out-of-town games, Unless you want to count like Corona Centennial, but let's face it, that's like one of the top. They're blowing everybody out. In the nation. They won 85 to nothing the week before. So, I mean, at least when you put up 85, right? They didn't put 85 on. They didn't put 71 up on half. That's insane. They put up 71 points but on Centennial. You know, kudos to the Berlains of the world, the, the Sean Doyles of the world. Um, talking about Saints, listen, I'm not Everybody on Twitter can give Ron Gladnick all the crap they want to. Listen, I'm a head football coach, and I got 21 varsity guys. I'm starting seven freshmen. I'm trying to make it to the season. So it's easy for you to, to sit in the stands and play armchair quarterback, but I'm going to defend the head coach's decision to sit his team this week. I mean, you know, apparently he tried to contact this team five months ago when he found out how many you know freshmen he was going to have to start and told the guy, hey, go find another game. Matter of fact, I'll find you two games. And they turned both of them down. So the fact that everybody on Twitter is giving this guy a hard time, look, it's his first year at Saints. The program is in a major rebuilding, reconstruction genre. I want good football. I'm not going to run seven freshmen out there to get their teeth kicked in against a, a powerhouse Rancho Santa Margarita football team. Hats off to Gladney for standing up for his players.
I disagree with you. I'd play the game regardless. We'd play the game with 13 guys. I mean, that's just how it is. I disagreed with it when Lincoln didn't play the game, and I disagree with Saints not playing the game. But I will say, I understand why. I understand why. I'm not going to sit there and go, I can't believe he's not doing that. I understand why, but I just disagree with it. I would play. And there's got, but you see it. I mean, you see comments all the time. You saw a lot of comments saying, hey, I understand, but like we would have played. And it's just, this is the different of yeah, opinion mean, this, on that. This, and, and that's, that's his decision. This. I, I, listen, I, had I 14, get it. Hold on. I had a 14 year old son that played freshman football and on kickoff, the kid got knocked out. It's a little different when it's your kid out there. The kid gets hit so hard that he pisses himself. Yeah. Okay? Welcome to football. Yeah. But I'm not going to go put a kid at 14 years old who doesn't have any preparation. He's played what two varsity games, one against Oceanside and one against El Camino and send him to one of the top 50 programs in the country to get his teeth kicked in at 14 years old. They got, other pl- they got other players in that, in that they program. They got 21 guys on varsity. Yeah, they got other guys on the sophomore, and they got other guys. They can make it work. They also can show up to Santa Margarita and be like, hey, look, we got 26 guys. Like, as soon as you guys start acting like, you know what, we're out of here. They do that all the time. I see that all the time in high school football now. So, so to me, I understand why. But I disagree. I would have played. And, and you know what? We would have got our ass kicked. And, and at any point in time, okay, I thought like some kids can't, we'd, we'd figure it out. And I'd try to do it. But we're going to try to put a game on. That, that, that's just where I come from and what we do and, and my philosophy on it. But again, I'm not going to uh, crap on Saints for it. I understand. I'm not going to sit there and be like, and I'm not, and I'm not going to sit there and call them out, call them soft. Yeah. I get it. That's a tough situation to be in. But I just wouldn't do it like that. That's why I disagree. As a former coach, you know, and it's just, this is my take. I'm not putting my players in any situation where they potentially get hurt. That's fine. I know they're not ready. I'm not putting them in that. That's fair. I'm just, I just, I would, I would have played. Besides themselves, who can shock Cathedral, Modern Day, Carlsbad, and or Lincoln? Helix? I think there's a few teams. I mean, Helix comes to mind. I mean, that's That's the top four plus Helix. That's just one. Madison? They play in the honor bowl. Helix? Yeah, They're no, not in the honor. Cathedral. Movie. Cathedral's got Chandler. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Cathedral's beating Chandler. I think we're talking about in team in section. Oh, in teams. San Diego? Because they ain't beating Dale Salle either. Listen, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna go on record and say this because I've already gotten the text from John Montali, but they're not losing to Madison. The Cathedral's not losing to Madison? But that that would be a team that can that can beat one of those three those four teams. Yeah. I think Madison can beat them. One of, I think Madison has the potential to be Cathedral. I think they have the potential to be Modern Day. I think they have the potential to be Carlsbad. I think they'd be Lincoln. I don't think it's a good matchup for for Madison because of Madison's style of offense and not being able to control the clock. I think they're a big team play, a big play team similar to what Modern Day is. I think their defense is a little more, a little stronger. But the game plan of of you know Sean Doyle, run, run, grind, run, grind, run, grind. I don't think these juniors have the the tenacity to go, you know, four quarters of getting punched in the mouth. You know, eventually they're going to tire out, get tired. I just don't see. I don't see Madison beating Cathedral this year. If I had to pick two teams that could that could beat those four teams, it'd be Helix to beat Madison. That's it. It's a very short list. You don't think Lincoln Lincoln can beat them? Lincoln is listed on one of those four teams. Yeah, Link. I said aside from those four teams, who could be? I think maybe Madison and maybe. Maybe he is. You know, but sad, that's all four of the them. The sad part about that is we're talking about a team that's not nearly what they were last year. This is not a state. I mean, I look at the roster and what they're working with and the athletes they have at Cathedral. 
this isn't half, and this is just my opinion. I don't think they're half as good as last year's team. They're not. And yet we're talking about maybe only a handful of teams in the county that could beat them. The state of the program, the state of the county right now. Is that the program of the players? It's the state. It's the state of the city right now. You got a lot of high schools with not a lot of kids at them. A lot of high schools with not a lot of kids at them. Yeah. And a lot of the talent is at four schools. It's true. And it's not just talent though. It's linemen. What about coaches? A lot of the coaches are at. Four schools. I mean, look at some of the staffs that some of the schools have. It's gigantic, but it's linemen. We know it's linemen. Those, what do those four schools have right now? Linemen. What do the other schools do not have? Linemen. Games are one of the trenches. I mean, that's, I mean, think about, think about this perspective. What is the biggest school in San Diego? San Marcos. It's like 3,500 kids. You know how many kids Allen has in Texas? 7,000. That's insane. So it's it's just, it's different. Like, it's San Diego. It's like, I don't know. And and it, I wanted Do to kind of bring this up. I think we, ha- I think it's oversaturated. But how about, like, how about. Way off topic. But how about this? Like, I, I'd like to know. This is for a topic for next week. I would like to know how many just high school age kids do we have in San Diego? Oh, that's a great question. What'd you find out? You're a stat guy. I, that's why I'm saying it out loud. Somebody, somebody watching the show could figure it out. But I, I, I just feel like we hey, just don't have that many kids. County Board of Education. How many high school students do we have in the, in the county? Somebody DM me, him, somebody, let us know. But think about it. It's like, it's, we, uh, look at, watch the PPR. Look at some of these teams. They're very small. We just don't have the number. I, and, and, then you, and, then, and in Orange County. <laughs> they're very bad. And in Orange County, these teams are gigantic. Yeah, no kidding. And their schools are kids. huge. Yeah, so it's like 85 kids. Okay, I get I get So like I don't I don't I don't understand I don't know what What's I, the next mailbag question? Last uh referee stories just kind of talked about that with Maffey. I I don't want to talk about referees. I do want to talk about uh last one was Who's the quarterback group? Brady. Doug Brady. Okay. Doug he, Brady his question is something. what is the best way for players to stay engaged with college recruiters that they met during college visits and campus or and camps also can you spend time discussing scholarship players can apply for that are not athletically based, whether merit scholarship or other types equipped. Okay, that's a lie. I'm gonna try to tackle a little portion. So that's all for college. I'm gonna talk a little, try to tackle a little portion. Okay, and I'm gonna speak to this because you know I've worked my work with uh, Montel Allen, SDFNL magazine, and more recently, um, my stepson went to a Division two. So I want to speak to this a little bit. Two things I care about, and they, I think the first one is how do you recognize it's film. It's film. It's bottom line film. I'm going to give you my, my and quick and easy down and dirty. Sending it out to everybody. Guy. And here's the crazy part. I don't want to, if you're a wide receiver, I don't want to see film of you blocking 30 yards downfield, to be honest. No, you got to get your best play. Here's best my, play. Here, here's my, Brady, this is what I want to tell every kid about film. You got nine plays to get on my board. And here's the deal. Your first three plays have to make me want to watch the next three plays. Your first play. Has to make me watch the next play. Three plays have to make me watch the next three. If you can get to nine plays, and I'm saying to myself, I want that kid, you're going to be on my board. That's the bottom line when it comes to film. No music. So after you after you send the film, you've had contact with the with the coach. How do you? That's what I'm saying. DMs. You got to be on Twitter. You got to be on DMs. And kids, be smart on Twitter. Smart on your your Twitter. The the mistake that I see a lot of guys are. I'm a D1 guy. I'm not talking to D2 coaches. Talk to everybody. The bottom line is you better talk to everybody because if your D1 dreams don't come true for any reason, 
whether it's grades, mom, dad, color of the uniform. You can't burn bridges. You don't burn bridges. You can can't, burn bridges. You can't do it. You can't bridges. do it if you want to play football. Okay, that's so that's my best advice. Work on your film. Make sure it looks good. You got nine plays. You're confident. Have your coach look at it. Have a couple of people look at it. Shoot. If you're watching this and you're really interested, send me your film. You may not like what I have to say, but I'm going to tell you the truth. And if you get good grades. It's a lot easier to recruit a player with Here's a the deal. But, but not only that, not only that, let's say you're talking about a D1 school. Let's say they don't have any more scholarships left. Let's say they want you to go to the school. We're going to give you a preferred walk-on. We get that all the time, right? Yep. I mean, we, there are tons of preferred walk-ons. If your GPA is high... You're getting academic. Then all of a sudden the school's going to give you money. Right. So now you're technically getting a scholarship, but it doesn't count towards the athletic program. And they love you Yeah. because you're paying your way to school and it doesn't cost them anything. The uh, safety for the Cathedral Dons. I think he went to Washington like that, didn't he? Oh, um, who? uh, Zion, the receiver? No. Oh, the safety? safety. Oh, Garena? No. Before him. 31. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. He just played this many years ago. But anyway, any, but anyway. He was a high academic kid. But if you get the grades. Washington, right. Did a preferred walk on. And from what I understand, he's going to make the team this year. Well, that's how you, that's how USD, you know, in that <laughs> level of football, in the Pioneer League. Hey, there's a, there's a prime example right there. A kid named Derek Wood, the wide receiver from right. uh, Cathedral last year. Got in, got into USD. Okay. They told him he, we didn't have any more spots available. He got in there on, on academics, and then what happened? One or two receivers go down in the in the summer camp. He gets an invite. Kid's gonna probably make the roster. Let's talk about some games because we're running out of time. Right, we're we're holding up the gym at this point in time. Right. People don't work out at eight o'clock uh, around these parts, I guess. Gotcha. Um, so let's let's go to the games of the week. I think let's the, do pick'ems. Let's go. We're going pick'ems. We're no no spread this week because I have time to go through it. And uh, Cal Prep spreads are not up to date until October anyway. Uh, first game. Poway, uh, Ramona. I'm taking Ramona. I'm taking Ramona too. Oh, want, Butler's going to have a good game. Do you want to elaborate on that while I find the rest of the games? Uh, I think that Ramona's a little too disciplined. Their trenches are really tough, both on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. They're just too physical. I think Poway will. They just they're not going to be able to hold up under that kind of pressure. Uh, Thursday game, San Marcos has steel. That's intriguing. I'm taking steel. Major Givens. I'm taking Major Givens. 200 yards, four tubs. Uh, Modern day Catholic, Red Mountain at a four o'clock start at Cathedral. I got no idea who in the heck Red Mountain is, so I'm going to go, let's go to Crusaders. Uh, Cal Preps favors, favors the Crusaders by two touchdowns. I'll there take those. I'll take those guys as well. Come on, boys. Crusaders, you got to get that first win. Let's go. Oceanside at Granite. 0 oh, 2 Oceanside, 1 1 Granite. Anybody got coin? I got Granite. I. I I got granite. It's a long drive. Okay, I'm going to take O side. All right, fair enough. Uh, Valley Center at Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel. I'll take the Fighting Gilsters. I don't even know what that is. Coach Gilsters, their head coach. He's been there forever. Uh, Valley Center. Patrick Henry at Scripps. (laughs) I'm taking Patrick Henry. I'm taking Henry, too. You know why? Why? Props out to Jax, but his high school career is over, and I don't think the uh, Falcons... I don't think so either. I think. I think Do they, they win a game? I no. I don't think so either. I think their best chance was against Loya. I thought so as game. well. And I think that you know what they're in the Western now, right? Yeah. It's only going to get a whole lot tougher from here. Right. Uh, Mountain View at Helix. 
Mountain View's an Arizona school. We're just gonna I'll take Helix. We're just gonna roll with Helix. All right, cool. Inglewood at Carlsbad. Yeah, can I say this on camera? Inglewood. I think I think I just always wanted to say that. Inglewood. Every time you say stuff like that, I immediately just my skin gets so pale and I immediately go, <laughs> What is he going to say? Is that the ethnicity of me coming out? Oh man, that was oh okay. All right. Uh I'm also taking Inglewood. I'm not gonna say it like that though. Otai Ranch at Mira Mesa. I would love to hear you say it. Inglewood. Maybe next week. Otai Ranch at Mira Mesa. Mira Mesa. Mira Mesa as well. Aurelio, go out there and win that game. Win that game for, for Chris Thompson. Uh, RBV at Vista. RBV. RBV. I don't think Vista's going to be Dude, have you heard about that kid? RBV uh, senior running back, Angelino Trapasso? No. Number four in the state of California right now. Two games, over 500 yards rushing. How many yards did he get against Vista this week? How many yards? Two, 200. 230. 230? 230. Over under 235. 230. Uh, Lacoste Canyon San Clemente. Is any San Diego school going to nope. beat San Clemente? The Steel Canyon beat San Clemente late in the year. No. Absolutely not. Go Tritons. Uh, St. Bonaventure at Lincoln. Let's go high. I got the Hornets in that one. I think they win. Hey, Bonnie? Yeah. Uh, RB at Torrey. Battle of two teams looking for their first win. Retro Monaro at Torrey Pines? Yeah. Torrey Pines. Two touchdowns? Three touchdowns? Two. Two touchdowns? Uh, Del Norte at San Pasquale. Del Norte. I'm taking Del Norte. Lee Cole's doing a great job up there. Lee, dude, I, they beat UC last week. If they win this week, they're favored in the all their games going forward. Uh, he's got those boys rolling. They might go nine and one, losing on, to Poway. Listen, listen. When did we get to a point where an academic school? Let's be honest. That school was built as an academic powerhouse up there in the North County. Is blowing. I mean, beating pro- legitimate athletic programs. They beat Poway? Not yet. Lee's yeah. close. Lee's very close. Uh, and then the Saturday game, we got a couple. Madison against Desert Vista. Madison. San Diego at Mission Bay. Oh, I'm going with my bucks. Coach Tate going to have the boys ready. Uh, Westview at Escondido. Ooh. Escondido. That's a game. Mar Vista at Morse. Wait, did you say that's a game? That's a game. That's a that's a game. That's a Jeez. <laughs> that's a game. That's a uh, that's a game right there. Oh I don't think my I've seen god! One of those two teams even on PPR this year. Escondido won last week. Thank God. They <clears throat> and we said Mar Vista. Uh, Mar Vista at Morse. Oh. Okay, another name I want to throw up. Johnny Mosty. Go ahead and ask me. Who's that? Quarterback for Morris. Why is he special? Why is he? Two games, 37 completions, 684 yards in his first two games. Not only does he lead San Diego County, he's number four in the state. I'm taking Morris 100%. We have the fourth best guy in rushing and in passing in San Diego. I like it. How many how many passing yards he put up against Mar Vista? 330. It's going to be a bad, bad year for no, the Mariners. No, it might even be worse. But those receivers? It's a home game. It's in the pit. 350. All right. Let's go, Johnny. Varsity opponent at Holtville. I'm kidding. That's bull- <laughs> like what that's what, it, that's what it says. Does it really say that? Well, here's the deal. Holt, uh, it's not just Holt, Holtville, but there, there are some desert teams that are playing teams in Mexico this year. What? Yeah. I, uh, I found it when I was putting the thing together. There's, there's one desert team that's playing four schools from Mexico. This is a thing now? I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah, it is Holtville. Holtville's playing Citas. 
C E T Y S. They're playing. I don't know if it's C E T Y S or Cetas or whatever or Cetas. They're playing the one in TJ this week. They're playing the one in Ensenada next week, and they're playing the one in Mexicali the week after. Hey, how cool is that though? I want to go play in Ensenada. I want to go play high school football in Ensenada. I hope they're all on the road. That'd, That'd be, be great. Fun. That'd be awesome. Why. I got a buddy. A, a, well, I don't know. How, how do you keep kids focused though? Uh, well, you're in yeah. a different country. You can do a lot more things at a younger age. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. know. But I got a friend, uh, my softball team, he plays in the, they got like a professional football league in Mexico. It's like arena ball, but they play it outside. It's pretty tough. Um, he plays in it. And there's a San Diego team that just flies down there all the time. He's down there in Puerto Vallarta playing this week or something like that. He has a great time doing it. One question before you go. Yeah. Did you watch the, uh, the story on I haven't watched that yet. Dude. I've heard a lot of people go, dude, you have to watch that. Dude, it's I'm just going to say this. They're I, like, it's insane. You got to watch it. First of all, the guy, poor guy got catfished. Everybody knows that story, this and that. But the character of the man, if you're a football player and you want to know what character means, you want to know what it's like to really like define yourself as, as a football player, please watch Untold, uh, the story of Manti Teo on Netflix. I'm going to have to watch it. That was free. You are the amazing, fourth dude. person. Yeah. To tell me I got I'm just telling you, dude, that, that I'm still, I'm still, I look at it. Listen, I thought, listen, going into that, I thought this guy's a clown. He's a punk. He got catfished <laughs> by some dude who come out to be some chick. And I, listen, I had a lot of issues with it. And then I watched the entire story and I was like, I don't know if I could do that, you know? And then like all the media people, like, listen, I take my hatred on Twitter and you know, my family. You've embraced the hate. No, I really haven't. Really? No. I'm going to tell you right now. I read every comment. I stop take, doing that. No, I'm going to tell you. I, I take, block people I take, now. I just I block them. A lot of, I take a lot of heat from a lot of different people. I've had death threats. I can't imagine when ESPN and CBS and Deadspin and all these massive national organizations make you a target. Oh, I know. And then the, the last part is... When he, when it affected his psyche as a football player and he lost his confidence and you saw it on the field. Yeah. That's what's wrong with the world right now. There's a lot of things wrong with that's the social of, media world, dude. That's one of them. So amount of stuff I get I all the wanna, time I from Padres to You may hate me. You may not like me, whatever. Um, and I've learned this over the years. Please be respectful and uplifting the children on social media. Don't destroy kids on social media. Am I considered a child still? Your coach. Padres Twitter gets gets on my ass constantly. Yeah. All the time. No. I've heard dumb stuff. Dude, all I'm saying is this, dude. My heart got broken by the Padres this year and got broken by one guy. Because they went to freaking Hall of Fame. That's all I can that's say. Another, that's another topic for that's the That's all I can say, dude. Tune in to 97 through the fan for all that on the John Cantera show. Chris. We out. Always a pleasure talking with you. We'll do we it again, next, again week. next week. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I like the studio. Here. It's great. I got a home here? Yeah. You didn't abandon me like everybody else? No. <laughs> Although the tweet you put out when we stopped doing the thing last year, I was like, man. Somebody's like, did you break up with Top Dog? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, this tweet right here. I'm like, oh, dude, Chris, what are you doing, bro? I have to politely remove myself from oh, the Bro, you should have heard the, but you should heard the phone call I got. Dude, I heard the phone call. I heard it from, from multiple people. It was bad. That's nah, all right. We don't need to talk about this anymore. We got to get we got to get out of here. Port Brook is trying to shut down Fitness Brooke, Quest. Sorry. Let's get out of here. Chris, I'm Braden. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy some high school football. Let's go.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.